This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Uh, the old work-life balance. We talked about that a lot, right? It really became a talking point, especially during the pandemic. And, you know, a driving force, I think, in the workaday world since the pandemic afterwards, um, we've done stories where, you know, people have actually decided that, you know, working from home or some sort of a hybrid setup at the very least, absolute must-haves. I don't want the nine-to-five back in the office. You know, mental health, well-being is a priority. Same goes for entrepreneurs, of course, but it's very different in their case, I think, than it is for people who are quote-unquote employees, right? I mean, finding that balance can be much, much harder if you're an entrepreneur because, it's all on you. And and we're now starting to get some stats and some data telling us that they're struggling. There's some serious issues affecting entrepreneurs in this country. So let's have a conversation about that. We're going to speak with Neil Seaman, who is a senior fellow at the Institute of Health Policy Management and Evaluation at the U of T and an adjunct, adjunct prof at the University of T as well. Uh, Neil, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. Uh, good morning, Shay. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I think it's probably something a lot of us overlook, right? But we're now getting some stats, some hard figures, some data that tells us that entrepreneurs in Canada are feeling some strain, right? What are you hearing? Yeah, thank you. I mean, I say we. I'm an entrepreneur myself, serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, the 72, upwards of 70%, um, struggling with a whole range of, of, of conditions, Stress, anxiety, um, overwhelmed with uh, you know not not getting, of course, the uh, the financing that they need. And there's sort of there, there's two parts of the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Canada. There's the one you hear about a lot, the, the venture capital technology um, sector, which is suffering in terms of financing and, and and high costs and high interest rates. But then there's the whole other sector, right, which is driving our economy. So in Toronto, for example, I was looking at data. Uh, on the Danforth in Toronto, and overwhelming uh, percentage of, of restaurants putting themselves up for sale. And when that happens, as you know, uh, the entrepreneur wears that burden, uh, wears the uh, burden of their employees. It's tough. Yeah, and, and you know, the employees, as tough as it might be, they always have the option of moving on and getting a different job. But like you say, if you're an entrepreneur, you're you're, you're sort of last one, first one in, last one out. Um, is is that what it is? Is it is it just that pressure and the fact that it never is really not a break for a lot of them, right? I mean, is that the driving force behind some of these numbers? Yeah, I mean, what we're starting to see um, is that entrepreneurs are, are wired a little bit differently. Um, so, I mean, a lot of this is, is, is thanks to my late father. He was a, a brain scientist, studied how this chemical uh, dopamine in the brain sort of works differently on, on different people. And so what we've learned is that um, entrepreneurs essentially are super sensitive to that dopamine chemical. And that, that can sort of wreak havoc in any number of ways, um, you know, twice as likely to uh, submit to psychiatric hospitalization, three times as likely to uh, uh, to suffer from um, uh, addiction and substance use challenges, uh, upwards, sometimes as high as 10 times as high rates of bipolar. So 
unless we keep that in check, and there's a number of ways we can keep that in check, we, we are at sort of high risk um, of vulnerability. So that's known. And then when we have these triggers in the economy, um, uh, it, it, it can really um, sort of, you know, sort of derail us. You make a good point because, I mean, you're entering uh, a sector where, you know, failure is almost the norm. I mean, it's really, really hard to succeed as an entrepreneur. So have things changed? Like you say, we, we know the cost of living, we know the inflation, all those sorts of things. But overall, generally speaking, has things changed in the world of entrepreneurship in Canada right now? Because there's been so much talk about this, Neil. I mean, focus on startups. There's all kinds of startup accelerators and, and, and all the rest. We've really had a focus on entrepreneurship. Have things not gotten any better? Yeah, so we've had a focus on entrepreneurship, but we haven't been talking about work-life balance for entrepreneurs. I mean, it's interesting. You open this segment um, about how much we've talked about work-life balance for the last few years. Undoubtedly, that's true. You know, my research has shown that um, for every one article, you know, newspaper article on work-life balance for employees, um, it's very, very, very seldom you'll you'll see an equivalent (laughs) article. Uh, You know, there's about anywhere from six to times. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight times as much attention paid to work-life balance for employees. So we're not having that that conversation. We're, we're sort of at that stage of what I'd call market awareness. Um, there's just, you know, very tragically, we, we, we've seen in the U.S. in particular just a high number of high-profile um, suicides uh, as for, uh, of high-profile entrepreneurs. This has given attention to it. Um, the mental health pledge, the founders' pledge, um, now, friends, Navid Lalani and, and, and Broadbaum and, and, and Michael Freeman out of, out of California and Texas and elsewhere, they've really been pioneering this pledge internationally now, uh, picking up on my research and the research of others like Michael in California, Helen, Pushkaraya at Yale, and saying, look, you know, we've got to embed money and processes, not much. I mean, it's really low-cost, no-cost solutions at the very um, inception of a company to ensure that founders' entrepreneurial mental health is, is taken seriously. When we take a look at, and like we say, the focus on entrepreneurships and startups and everything, have, have we improved some of the challenge, at, at least? I mean, like you say, the, the mental health, the work-life balance, that's something that we still need to work on. But, you know, the whole startup and sort of moving through the early phases, have we made strides there? Have we made it easier or are the challenges still the same? I think we've made some things worse. Um, so I think a big part of the challenge with um, uh, just entrepreneurial messaging to young entrepreneurs in particular is that we're, we're, we're just telling the good news, right? Yeah. We're saying, hey, it's just going to be a sunny success where we know Right at what you said, that entrepreneurship is about failure. That is the definitional yeah. um, element of, of entrepreneurship. You fail, you fail, you fail. Yeah, you succeed a little bit, you pivot. You yeah. might succeed a little bit more, fail again. And um, we need to tell the brutal truth about entrepreneurship. And and then that that I think can can, can lead to um, to good things. I think we need to tell stories about entrepreneurial failure so that people learn. Um, and that's not really happening as much as it should be in the financial media, in the accelerator ecosystems, in the business schools, in the universities, a whole range uh, of places I think that need to get real. Um, you know, we're celebrating on, on social media. I hear this a lot, right? I mean, I in the, in the post-book conversation about my book on entrepreneurial mental health, I've been speaking with a lot of entrepreneurs, young people across North America, and they tell me about the pressure. They say, look, social media makes it seem like everyone's successful <laughs> with yeah, their startup, yeah. right? And it's just not that way. And then 
And so, so never has entrepreneurship been more on fire statistically in Canada um, and in the United States, given a whole range of, of, of things taking place on the workplace. But never has it been more challenging. And yet, at the same time, what we see all you know around us on social media is just success. Right. In every walk. You're absolutely right. So how do we fix this? I guess that's what we come to, right, Neil? I mean, how do we sort of say that, uh, okay, this is something that we've recognized as an issue, and how do we get started on addressing it? Yeah, thanks. So I think the first step is market awareness, which is starting to happen. So it's just a coalition of people, myself uh, in Toronto, um, Michael Freeman in California, um, Navida Lani uh, with, the, with the Founders Mental Health Pledge, now in, 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 I think, 45 countries around the world and, and tens of thousands of signatures, founders from around the world have pledged, investors have pledged. Um, to, to, to make sure that there are embedded supports, you know, peer support, counseling, um, uh, essentially paid, paid for by the company. These are not high costs to the extent that that's possible. Um, beyond that, uh, processes can be in place. So you can have an expert advisory committee um, of the board of a company to whom the entrepreneur can, can go to, to tell his or her story about the challenges that they face that might help destigmatize some of the issues around uh, access to, to services. And I think just talking about it, I mean, even these conversations, I mean, you know, I, I, I've I've just had enormously interesting conversations after media discussions, uh, and I think that's really helpful. And people knowing the statistics, knowing that they're not alone, can be very empowering. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right. It, there's so much stigma, and we talk about it in so many areas, right? You know, I mean, the stigma is the stigma is the stigma, and it's a barrier in so many places. And it's, this is just one more place we need to take it down. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, and with entrepreneurship, it's it's rough because you have every incentive in the world not to talk about your mental health struggles, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. you're worried about people thinking you're weak or timid if you, you want to get investment. You're 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 worried about oh, that your employees will, will will not take you take you seriously, um, outside community. So it's kind of like you know, seen as a scarlet letter. But in, in fact, you know, quite the opposite. When I started coming out about my own mental health struggles, others as well, um, people you know, people People admire it. They, they, they really like that vulnerability. And I think that that's something that the younger generation, um, people kind of under 30 are more conversant in. And, and, and so that's kind of interesting, too, I find. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Neil, great conversation. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it.